Greg, great to have you here. And uh, as you know, uh, we are about to talk about ransomware, all things ransomware. And I think a really the best starting point is if you could, in your words, explain what ransomware is to start with and then what it does maybe is the second piece. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Matt. And the, the thing about ransomware and what it is at its core is it's encryption software. So what it's doing is it's locking the files. So you think about all of the files that you have on your laptop, desktop, server, wherever you have data files. What ransomware does is locks those up so that you can't you can't access them and then requires a password to get access to them. That's what it is at its core. Um, some of the ransomware that's out there now will do what's called double extortion, where they'll not only lock the files up, but they'll also copy those files and threaten to release them on the dark web if you don't pay. Yeah, That's not much fun. Um, and unfortunately, it's an increasingly popular form of attack, no? It is. It's actually the most common now, and really all almost all malware is now ransomware because when you think about how what these cyber attackers are doing and how they get paid it's either through scams and getting you to pay through an ach or wire transfer or extorting and stealing money from you that you pay them for some kind of damage that they're doing to you and so when you think about malware we've had malware um, since the early 2000s, actually into the 90s, there was malware. But prior to 2012, it really just caused more, probably caused some espionage and really caused your computer to run slowly. Sometimes you get a pop-up screen that said, hey, call this number and we'll make your computer run faster. Well, <laughs> if you think about what happened in 2012, Bitcoin came out and cryptocurrency rose. And so it allowed these attackers to be able to get paid anywhere in the world completely anonymously. That has completely changed the cybersecurity landscape in a matter of, you know, it's changed in less than 10 years, but it's been 11 years since Bitcoin really became popular. It was released in 2009, but really didn't hit mainstream until 2012. And now we have thousands and thousands of other cryptocurrencies out there. Yeah, actually, it seems so obvious now you've said it, but actually I hadn't realized that was the trigger for the shift from just malicious software to really ransomware because, yeah, the ability to be paid anywhere in the world completely. Um, when prior, to, so prior to uh, starting Canary, I owned a company called Access Backup, and we were an off-site backup and disaster recovery company. And starting in, again, in 2012, I saw that rise of ransomware happening in between... 2012 and 2015, which this is before really anyone was talking about ransomware or people had heard about ransomware, in that three-year time frame, 20% of our client base was hit by ransomware and required full-on recoveries because of it. And that's, you know, that's before most people even had heard of ransomware and knew anything about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So... All right, so thank you. Um, now it's clear for everyone listening or watching uh, what ransomware is. Um, what are the most common ways that people discover they have been subject to a ransomware attack? I'm just I'm thinking about going through a step process of the journey of um, a ransomware attack. So yeah, it's, it's a, occurred, but how do we find out it's occurred? So lots of different ways. The, actually, the most recent event, so a lot of times I get called in after the fact when it's too late, when our software 
isn't already installed, but the most recent one, um, the attackers locked up um, hundred and uh, over a hundred database files that this company had stored and exfiltrated them and then um, encrypted them on the local machine. And so when the tech, it was actually one of the IT personnel from this company, when the tech went to open one of those database files, couldn't, and then found the ransom note. And that's, so that's a very typical way. I mean, that was a unique case where it was just on one laptop and it hadn't gone laterally across the rest of the network. Um, but it's still, still a case where user goes to access the files, they can't get to them. And that's when they know. And this, I mean, sometimes, sometimes happens within a matter of minutes. Usually it's more like hours and sometimes it's days. And, yeah, right. and these attacks, um, a lot of times they'll use what we call a time bomb where they'll actually start the attack and wait until a holiday weekend is a very common event. Um, or even a Friday afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, start the attack so that it can propagate that ransomware and encrypt all of the files before anyone notices. Yeah, right. Um, it wouldn't be uh, a great deal of fun to be the person making that discovery. And I mean, what's your advice? So you, you mentioned a ransomware note, so I'm assuming that's a digital note embedded um, that is triggered when you go to open a file and it pops up and says, guess what? Um, exactly. And, and the thing is they have tech support numbers where you can call and they'll help you because most people, most generally, generally people don't have a crypto wallet and don't even know how to set, set it up. And so they have tech support where they'll help you to set up uh, a Bitcoin wallet and uh, <laughs> help you to pay them. Yeah. The business of ransomware. Um, it is. And it absolutely is a business. Yeah, sure. And so, um, so a note pops up, um, your advice to anyone in that situation, uh, what, what, what's so, the first thing they should do? Yeah. So the first thing that you should do is not pay the ransom if you, <laughs> if you absolutely can keep from it, but you've got to figure out how they got into the system. So depending on the size of your company, I mean, that really calling in a cybersecurity expert to determine what the damage is. Uh, have the files been exfiltrated? Are the, are they out of the system? I mean, that's a big, big first item to make sure that the attackers don't have a backdoor into your network. Um, and then start your recovery process. So determine if you have good backups and can recover from backup. That's the best way to recover. Um, and again, this is if if you don't have Canary and it's it's run through the entire network and locked all of the files um, and that they haven't deleted the backups as part of the ransomware attack because that's another common tactic that the backup files will be sabotaged so that you don't have a recovery point to go back to. Sure, sure. Um, Canary, your, your company, um, just, just tell us, I guess, um, how does it work? What's the difference? So if Canary as a piece of software is installed, how, how does that work? Yeah, so the the big differentiator between what Canary is and what uh, endpoint detection and response or antivirus is, is that what Canary does is it's watching for the action of ransomware actually running. So this is post-execution. You've got the ransomware. It's now running on your network. 
what Canari does is recognize that and isolate and kill the either the process that's running the ransomware or isolates the machine that's running the ransomware, depending yeah, on right. how how it's running. Uh, and we use we use bait files or Canari files to seed the network with what what's called deception technology so that we can have a very accurate reading on if it's ransomware or not ransomware. And typically, in a typical ransomware attack, um, our software will recognize it and stop it in less than a second and less than six files affected. Yeah, wow, so it's a, bait, a classic bait and kill. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess it raises the alarm as well. Yeah, yeah, it does also. It, it sends a message to the network admin um, as to which machine it's coming from, who the user was, uh, what the files were that were hit, and timestamp of, of when it started and when it was stopped. Sure. And, and it's a classic example, isn't it? I mean, prevention is the best cure. Um, and I guess with Canary, it sounds like it's not, it doesn't prevent the attack from occurring. It just prevents it from propagating throughout the organization. It, it exactly. stops it in its tracks. Exactly. We call our AI a post-execution termination algorithm. It's just a fancy way of saying it's uh, an algorithm that is watching the file integrity and then killing, killing that that attack in action. Yeah, sure. Yeah, very clever. And of course, the links to to everything we're talking about will be in the show notes. Um, so we're going to come we're going to come on to AI, but um, I'm really interested. I mean, sadly, you must have lots of case studies that you could refer to, um, and and it's nice to. I mean, it's not nice to hear sad stories, but nonetheless, it's nice to learn from case studies. Um, and anyone um, who has suffered an attack, I'm sure, would appreciate their story anonymously being used. Uh, if there is a chance that others can benefit from that and learn from yeah. that. But um, uh, let's uh, maybe if we start, because I'm, I'm interested as well to try and compare, well, for those companies that, that are prepared and do have cyber-specific policies and procedures in place and then they have a recovery plan in, plan in place and so on versus those that do not. Um, and the, the reality of the impact, therefore, of an attack on those two different example organizations and the speed to recovery, the speed to returning back to business operations. Um, yeah, so I can give you, I can give you an example. Um, I, unfortunately, so many examples. Um, hmm. But I can give you an example of a company um, that hit that didn't have proper protections and then give you another example of a company that did have proper protections yeah, and still, still yeah. got hit. Um, so without proper protection, uh, this is a manufacturing company and I won't, won't name names. Um, but one of their employees opened a malicious email, ransomware attack started running without knowing because you typically, it's not like the ransom note pops up right away and says, Hey, you're about to be in trouble. <laughs> it's all happening sure. behind the scenes. Um, in this case encrypted their entire server. Um, and in that situation, they they decided not to even try to bring that server back online. They luckily had good offsite backups. Um, and it even in that case where they had good backups, it was three days before they had access to their data again. By the time they um, they pulled all the data back to a, a station, they didn't even have another server to put it on. Um, and so it took 
you know, took three days just to get access back to the data and weeks before they had full functionality back up and running. So when you think about having, even when you have a good backup, it's still very disruptive to the day-to-day operations. So mm, that's a company sure. they really were not, they weren't, they had antivirus, wasn't even updated on every single station, um, very poor cyber hygiene. Another example uh, was a managed service provider that had had good practices, but the thing that they didn't have was multi-factor authentication on their remote monitoring and management system, what we call an RMM. And what happened is that the attacker um, spearfished one of their employees into giving up their credentials of that RMM. Attackers logged into the RMM, and what an RMM is, remote monitoring and management, exactly what it sounds like. It allows MSPs to control and monitor their client's systems. In this case, um, the attackers had access to hundreds of clients directly and encrypted 80 of their clients' servers, 80 different clients. And it was that situation. I mean, there was nothing I could do other than um, console the, the business owner that eventually got reached out to me and, and got a hold of me. Um, but I mean, they imagine 80 separate companies and now your IT provider is the one that's allowed that in. And it took them, I, I, I don't know the whole background, but it had to have taken them weeks and weeks to get to everybody and get all of those systems back up, assuming they had good backups. And it's easy to imagine that all 80 of those clients then jumped ship and went somewhere no, else due to lack of for trust, sure. for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just that, the that's reputation. devastating for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the reputation hit even beyond those 80 clients um, had to be devastating too. And, and, and you hear stories of ransomware attacks putting companies out of business. Uh, and that's exactly yeah, how it happens. Sure. Out of interest with Canary, had uh, that been running within the MSP's own infrastructure and on their client's infrastructure. How is that likely to have been different? Yeah, so even in a even in an attack like that where they had full access in, Canary would have stopped in and stepped in and stopped that attack. Um, in a supply so supply chain attacks, which we haven't even talked about, which just came out with the three CX, um, man Kaseya was another RMM company and and tool that had a supply chain attack. And what a supply chain attack is, is where already known good software is infected with malware, most typically now ransomware. Uh, And then that known good software, according to the security and um, Windows environment systems, starts running the ransomware itself. And in that case... Canary would again, it would stop that attack in its, in its tracks. Sure. Um, sounds like a no brainer, frankly. Um, so, I mean, you know, we often get two, two comments. One, we, we get the, oh, I've already got malware in place. You know, we're protected. Um, and we also get the very often, yeah, but you know, we have a managed service provider. 
So surely they're already doing all this stuff. Um, so ask them to prove it. That's what I would say. So um, managed service providers should be able to give you a monthly report that shows that the basics are covered. So what are those basics? So it's a good antivirus and endpoint detection and response. Um, it's making sure drive encryption is turned on. It's making sure patches are up to date. Um, it's making sure your backups are running. Those are all things that as business owners, the managed service provider should be showing and giving them those reports to prove that they're doing what they're saying they're doing. And as part of that, having Canaria installed, of course, <laughs> have, have to plug, have to plug the company. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you bring to this, uh, to this conversation, a wealth of experience. So, um, of course, yes, um, you have a commercial interest in promoting Canaria, but actually, um, most of what we've talked about so far is, is generic up-to-date information about the ransomware, um, environment that we're all living with at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's a, it's a whole new environment that we have now where these cyber attackers are, uh, they are business units. They're run by criminal organizations that run them like businesses. There's recently an organization that laid off 45 of their scam callers because their bots were more efficient than the humans dialing. And so they're, it, when you think about, you know, 45 people sitting in a call center that their only job is to try and call make that call, hey, this is Microsoft, we have an update, an urgent update that needs to be installed right now, and we'll get that fixed for you, I just need to connect to your computer, go to this website. People do it all the time, but when you think about 45 of those sitting in a call center, and they're laid off because the bots have a better ROI than the humans, I mean, they're... <laughs> They're running it like a business. It, it is a business. It's a huge global business. I mean, it's a whole industry, isn't it? People have careers um, as cyber criminals. That, that's the reality. Um, actually, I, and you, you're right. I mean, I think that's a nice segue, actually, when you talk about the landscape is forever changing um, and the use of bots, for example, being used very or more effectively even by the cyber criminals. Um, the, the relatively recent, within the last six months, let's say, not to date this too much, um, but um, democratization of AI, um, we can say it that way, um, in the form of ChatGPT in particular. Um, there are other platforms, but by far today, ChatGPT is the, the most prevalent and most widely used. Um, we, we've certainly talked to our audience already about the the likely impacts of that when it comes to sort of phishing emails and, and messaging and, and so on. But uh, that's really only scratching the surface. And, and given that even you know, ChatGPT as well can write code and um, in the wrong hands can write malicious code and can be used for evil. From your perspective, uh, what, what's the current impact that AI is having in the world of, I mean, specifically ransomware, but generally the, the cyber, the cyber criminal space. But also, how do you see it um, unfolding as we move forward? Yeah. So the 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 biggest things, it, besides just the better phishing emails, I mean, that's one of the most obvious that's come from 
the generative AI that's out there right now. But what these what these organizations are using AI for is to run their attacks in simulation mode to have a high probability. So they'll run it in simulation mode against the most common antivirus tools that are out there to make sure that they're evading those tools before they'll release these now better phishing campaigns that we're talking about. Uh, so that's what I, I see this and have seen this for quite some time as a cat and mouse game and where the attackers advance, the cybersecurity advances, the attackers advance, and AI just ups that game and makes it more complex and more complicated. For both sides of the story. Absolutely, both sides. Yeah. And I take it it's also possible that they could take a version of Canary and run simulations against that in a bit Absolutely. to defeat it. Yep. How do you combat that? How uh, do you, so we do uh, the same thing. How do you combat that? So yeah, we right, hack, okay. We, we do the same thing. We <laughs> hack, our own, hack our own systems and are continuously evaluating and hardening our system. So it's not something where we, we don't have the issue of signature-based antivirus where they're having to release multiple, multiple versions of updates per day, but we do have that progression of more, more complicated attacks. And so we have to attack ourselves and and hmm. continuously sure. harden our systems. You know, you know, often we get the, uh, I, I'm left with a sense almost, I mean, overwhelm, yes, for bit, many business owners. Um, they're already, you know, there's already so many challenges that businesses face, you know, the, the, the prevalence and the growing prevalence of cyber attack um, is just another one. Uh, but it's very real and it seems to be front of mind for a lot of people these days. I mean, there's so many reported cases in the media that I, I guess, yeah, it's it front of mind and insurers are becoming smarter and sharper around what is and is not included um, and so on. Um, but often when we talk about when we onboard a, a client into our program, we talk about obviously using long, unique passwords different one for every login and so on and how to make that manageable of course is through the use of a password manager app um, such as one password or bitwarden are the, the main two that we tend to talk about and, and use and i often sense a feeling of almost uh defeat you know yeah but what stops them from hacking the password manager app why can't that be hacked and of course technically there is a risk of that with any software that um, it can be compromised. Um, but we tend to tend to go with the, well, we can only go on history for these particular examples. And at some stage, yeah, and certainly there's, you can talk about the actual technology that's used. And if, you know, for example, one person was to be hacked, actually they don't have the master key to unlock the bolt anyway, so, and so on. You can talk about all of those things, but technically there's some really clever people out there with some really clever software, and it's possible that anything can be compromised, no doubt. There's never a guarantee. You can't guarantee that you can, you know, with all the best systems in the world, that you will not still fall victim to some form of cyber attack. But it's that sense of defeat that I find disheartening. <laughs> and we try and say, well, look, at some stage you've got to trust something. Um, now, I know that you, you very much talk about the, a, a, an approach that is layered security. And I'd love you to talk to that um, for those business owners, managers, leaders um, who are listening to this. 
um, the philosophy of layered security and I guess the pros and cons of that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah, yeah. So to me, what layered security is, is, is having multiple multiple layers where the attackers can get through one layer but not the next so if you start in a typical ransomware attack the most common way that they're going to come in is through email and so having good anti anti phishing and scanning of the email as it's coming in so that's layer one then layer two is is good antivirus on the machine that's going to pick up the most common attacks layer three then would be endpoint detection and response so that if if it gets through the antivirus, that at least the EDR will pick it up. And then beyond that is Canary. So that if it gets past all of those things and is actually running, which happens every single day, then it gets stopped. If for some reason Canary is bypassed and it gets past even that, then you've got backup. And you can recover from backup and you want it to be offsite and encrypted backup with a different password, as you mentioned, than your <laughs> your typical admin password. Um, and so that is layered security. If they get through one layer, then they'll get stopped by the next. If they get through the next, then they get stopped by that. And, it, and the downside of that is cost and complexity. And again, do you as a business owner, you just throw your hands up or stick your head in the sand and say, I'm not going to do it. Well, I would say if you're not if you're not utilizing layered security, then your likelihood of being attacked over the next, say, three-year period is going up and up and up. And I would say greater than 50% at this point, even no matter where you are in the world and how small your business is. If you have an internet connection and a bank account, you are a target. And so you have to level up and you have to find a managed service provider that can prove to you that they're doing the right things. And so it's a bit of education to understand what those layers of security should be. And then making the, making sure that the MSP is proving to you that they're doing it and that they're doing it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the education is then another piece of the story, educating staff, um, supply chain management, uh, all, all you know, yeah, very relevant yeah, topics. Yeah. And given your back background in disaster recovery as well, and we've talked about backups, and, and certainly we've got other um, podcast episodes where we've talked specifically about backup and, and what that should look like. But uh, given your background with disaster recovery, um, what would your advice be to a business owner or manager who today hasn't got a cybersecurity incident response plan? They don't have a plan. So if they were to fall victim today, they'd be standing there going, oh, what do I do? Yeah. What would so, your advice be? So number one would be talk to talk to a professional, uh, talk to an MSP that can put that in place for you and um, and test it. So not only have it put in place, but make sure that it's tested. That's the thing that in my experience, either companies don't, they think that they have a disaster recovery plan, but they've never tested it and think that they're going to be fine. Um, and they might be able to recover the files, but it takes them so much longer to get back up and running than they ever expected. And so companies need to go through that 
process of actually testing the backup and recovery to know what it's going to be like when that disaster hits. Because if it's not ransomware, um, here where I live in the Midwest in the U.S., we have tornadoes that regularly take out entire towns. Um, one of Probably one of the strangest that I ever dealt with in the disaster recovery, besides hurricanes and tornadoes, was a train derailment where the company that was affected couldn't, they couldn't go to their office because of a chemical train derailment. And they were, you know, it didn't, at that point, they didn't have remote access into their system. Uh, And so they were, they were down other than being able to use our system at that time. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, so basically the message is, um, seek advice from those who, who know how to do this stuff and, and have a plan and then test it. I appreciate the test it part in particular because it's, uh, it's not just about ticking boxes. It's not just, yeah, yeah, we've got a plan. Brilliant. Tick the box. Don't worry about that. And then sort of put the plan away. And if, if ever asked, yeah, we've got a plan. Um, and I think as well, um, even though none of us like insurance and we don't like insurance questionnaires, it's not a fun part of life. Uh, what we are seeing is very much a trend where um, those underwriting um, cyber security insurance policies in particular, uh, the questions are becoming far more specific and detailed and far-reaching and the number of exclusions that are then applied to um, a policy uh, are, yeah, uh, are growing. And, and for sure, in the event of a claim, we're, we're, and we work closely with a number of insurers who offer cyber insurance uh, policies, and yeah, the number of exclusions, uh, not exclusions, rather, the, non, the, the, reject, the number of rejected claims is increasing because people go, yeah, yeah, tick the box, tick the box, yes, 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 we have, yes, we have, and then fall victim uh, to a cyber attack, uh, make a claim, and then sure goes, well, okay, you said yes to all of these things. Now demonstrate that you had that in place. Um, you can't just tick the boxes and fingers crossed um, because insurance is business too, <laughs> and for sure. It's not that they go out of the way to avoid paying a claim, but they'll only pay claims that are based on the information you provided to them, and that's fair enough. Absolutely, and that's where I would come back to the reporting from the from the managed service provider, uh, not only having the managed service provider help to document and, and go through the app cyber liability application with you, but then making sure that the monthly reports that you get are lining up with what the MSP helped you to say yes to on that report. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think we might be there, uh, Greg, unless um, there's any final thoughts you'd like to share. I think that's a, a really solid introduction to ransomware. Uh, the the advice you've given is golden, frankly. Um, and for sure, Canary is a product that we'll, we'll link in the show notes and encourage people to, to check out, as we will as an MSP. Um, look into Canary and see how that could fit into the ecosystem of what we offer. Um, because the logic of what you've described, yeah, makes absolute sense. Um, and yeah, there clearly is a place uh, in, in an ecosystem for that, uh, an ecosystem of protection. But is there anything else you'd like to share? So I think the only thing is just to reiterate the what I call leveling up 
that companies need to do. And especially now that we've seen the power of AI with chat GPT coming out that really put in the hands of, well, hundreds of millions of people now, the power of AI. And so that just, it encourages me more that business owners need to level up their game with not only their use of technology and AI, but their cybersecurity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sound advice. Greg, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for having me.